Welcome everyone to Moving Right Along, a cozy Muppet podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. This is the podcast where we watch a Muppet family Christmas two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Ryan Rowe. I'm your other host, Anthony Strand. And I'm your special guest, Roz Strand. Hey, we live in the same house. Hey, we're sitting next to each other. That's oh, awesome. Good. Thanks so much. I love our life. Yeah, me too. And today we're watching minutes 39 and 40 of A Muppet Family Christmas, in which the Muppets sing some Christmas carols, and then they sing some more Christmas carols, and then they sing some more Christmas carols. So I do want to just talk a little bit about just the concept of this carol sing sequence that we're getting into. On our copy that we're watching of this special, the carol sing starts at this 37 minute and 50 second mark, and it goes until about the 45 minute and 10 second mark. So that is seven minutes and 20 seconds of the special that is devoted to nothing but the carol sing, which is actually not quite as long as I thought it would be. Like if you had asked me, I would have said, oh, at least 10 minutes. But it's still, if I've done the math right, which I'm actually not confident about at all, but if I've done the math right, the Christmas carol sing takes up 15.5% of the whole special. So that is not insignificant. But I guess at this point, Jim Henson and his colleagues are just like, we have created some of the most popular characters in the world. We can do whatever we want if we want to have them sing Christmas songs, some of which are very obscure for seven and a half minutes that's what we're gonna do well music had always been so associated with the characters oh sure yeah like if these were characters who didn't sing on their tv shows all the time this would feel strange but it doesn't because they do right yeah also having the you know the long-running family christmas carol let's all sing along this was really popular for a long time. It still is. We do you it know. at my parents' house. We do it at your parents' house. But I mean, also on TV. <clears throat> yeah. You know, you have uh, musical specials and, and a lot of things like that. So it doesn't feel out of place to me. Also, I think that they do enough cuts and enough interesting stuff with the music that um, I'm going to say the opposite. I don't <laughs> think that seven minutes is nearly enough. You want it to be longer. This whole montage doesn't technically start out with a Christmas carol, guys. Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, so the other thing I was going to say, though, before we get into the first song, is that it's interesting to me that they, a lot of these are pretty obscure, and it kind of seems like they were trying to stay away from overtly religious Christmas carols. Although there are certainly a few that have religious lyrics yeah but there's nothing about like the you know baby jesus or the wise men or like you don't hear away in a manger or silent night but we're gonna hear following following yonder star that's true we're gonna hear gloria in excelsis deo yeah yeah i i think that they use pretty religious songs they just don't sing the whole thing yeah right that's Um, true i mean if you got any farther into any of these songs then you would hear like it there a lot of them are christian songs right 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 yeah it so it does seem to me that there was a a choice was made to not do go further the religious parts yeah to not get too religious with it and also like they could have done rudolph the red and his reindeer up on the housetop or some other like well-known completely secular christmas songs and they didn't do that either so i think this would be so much worse if they if it was just like those like yeah. children's classic favorites mm-hmm. it wouldn't be as memorable right and there's the, also the song choices are very odd the whole scene with like all the muppets gathered in this cozy farmhouse around a fire it does sort of lend itself to more old-fashioned sounding songs mm-hmm. so 
yeah, I think it's all, I think they made good choices all around, but. Yeah, and they varied it. It's not just modern, relatively 20th century songs. We've got some really old carols. Some of them are very old, old, yeah. You've got some very modern tunes. You've got some secular. You've got some that that are religious carols. I, I think that they, it's, there's, a good it's a good mix. It's a good variety. It's a good carol sing. If you're going to design one, yes. then you should model it somewhat after the Muppets. As they carol sings go, it's a good one. As carol sings go, follow this outline for a successful carol sing at your next holiday event. <laughs> okay, I will. So we pick up at the beginning of this clip, Ralph starts playing the piano and he's singing Happy Holiday. Wikipedia tells us, that's the one, that this was composed by Irving Berlin. It says during 1942 and published the following year. I'll take their word for it. But it's in Holiday Inn. Right, this was in the movie Holiday Inn. Which came out in 1942. So maybe the sheet music just wasn't published until later or something, but... I don't know. And I... Perhaps should be ashamed to admit that I've never seen Holiday Inn, but I should remedy that. Like the thing that, in, you, and you will often hear this about Holiday Inn, is that for 95 out of 100 minutes, it is a delightful and entertaining film. On President's Day, they do a, or on Lincoln's birthday, they do a blackface number. Oh. Ugh. And and they do it, they do it like rough. Like they are insulting. Well, I mean, it's it's one of those things where I think it's supposed to be enlightened for the time because it's all about how like noble it was that Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves, right? But it's one of those things where that's a movie that I, like I said, I mostly enjoy very much. I can't imagine ever sitting my children down and being like, let's watch Holiday Inn. No, like, you know probably, what I like mean? not until they're teenagers at least. I, 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 yeah, I assume, yeah. Right. To understand the context. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, so, it's, so it's really too bad. Uh, otherwise a delightful movie but yeah cannot recommend sorry yeah too yeah, bad. No but way. it has happy holiday well, in it so it yeah. has i mean it has easter parade it has it's where white christmas was introduced yeah. right right it's a shame that it's so tarnished but it, it really is tarnished like yeah. well yeah. there's a stage version now mm-hmm. which obviously has no blackface number oh so goodness. uh that's probably an improvement i haven't seen it yeah but it's just hard because even just knowing that this song came from it i mean other people have done the song you know and it's one of these lovely secular songs that were made for around the holiday season well Um, you you say the holiday season because it's become that but because you're thinking of the andy williams version where he mixes the happy holiday lyrics with it's the holiday holiday season." season yeah Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which is a different song by somebody else that, like, they're a medley. Yeah. But I enjoy that one very much because he says, Hoop-dee-doo and dickery dock. <laughs> that's my favorite part. Yeah, that's good. Um, it, it's also just great in this whole scene to see this big crowd of Muppets from the different properties just hanging out together. So there's there are two main shots that they cut between during the carol sing. There's one where you can see Prairie Dawn, Floyd, Bunsen, the Swedish chef, a rabbit, a penguin, some rats. Doc is in the back there, the one human in the in the room. Uh, Waldorf, Statler, Pops, Ma Bear, Grover, Scooter, Robin, Kermit, Piggy, Marvin Suggs, some Muppaphones, Lou Zealand, Fozzie, Elmo, more rats, Simon Soundman, more penguins, the two-headed monster Beauregard a random anything Muppet lady which you know nice that she's there nice that she got an invitation front billing no, too I, I like I like her she looks like Mrs. Bakerman from the Bob Newhart show 
Sure. I like her too. She just needs her knitting. Yeah, right? <laughs> Another rabbit, a chicken, and the turkey. So That was highly impressive. <laughs> I would have never had the patience to figure that out. I'd be like, yeah. And there's Kermit and some other Muppets. And a bunch and of other Muppets. And that's good. Well, I'm sure I missed some. So I'm sure our listeners will tell me who I missed in that shot. But it's just fun listeners, to see them all. if you tell Ryan what he got wrong, at least compliment him for trying to get it right. So few of us would. <laughs> that is true tough pig professionalism. Right? <laughs> is? Well, yes. if you like that, you're going to love my next note, which is that the other angle of the house that we see is... Sam the Eagle, Cookie Monster, Biff, Sully, the Two-Headed Monster again, Guy Smiley, Forgetful Jones, Bert, Ernie, the Turkey again, some Rabbits, a Honker, Big Bird, and several assorted Sesame Street Crouches, 10 Monsters. Yep, you're right. I loved it. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) So then Scooter takes the lead for the first lines of Ding Dong Merrily on High. Here's what Wikipedia says about this one. The tune first appeared as a secular dance tune under the title Bronled del oficial in orchestography i should have practiced this before i said it out loud on the podcast you gotta learn french before you. i should learn french before i do a podcast yes a dance book written by the french cleric composer and writer jean taboro the words are by the english composer george ratcliffe woodward and the carol was first published in 1924 in the cambridge carol book being 52 songs for christmas easter and other seasons so let's talk about the fact that this tune existed. The melody is from the 1500s. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the tune existed for like 400 years without the like glow. Like, yeah. that's wild. Right. Yeah. Some, and so then seems like it's one thing. Mr. Uh, Woodward then heard the tune and was like, oh, this I, I have some good lyrics to go with this 400 year old melody. Yeah. Yeah. You can definitely hear a harpsichord playing this. You know, you can you can hear the high heels clicking on the parquet floors with the big white wigs. <laughs> That's exactly what this tune brings to mind for me. It's just like hoity toity, we're all going to dance with our hands in the air. <laughs> but then you add the lyrics from the 1920s, it becomes something totally different. Just this this amazing Christmas carol. I love singing this song. This is one of my favorite carols to sing. Mm-hmm. Well, so the Gloria, that part is reminiscent also of Angels We Have Heard on High, yeah. which has a different, now I can't think how it goes melodically, but it's also Gloria. I can't start it from the middle. It's Angels oh, it's Gloria. Yeah, so... Yeah, very similar to this. And I just wanted to note that uh, we have a tradition in my family when we go to the Christmas Eve church service, um, which always includes Angels We Have Heard on High, where we all try to sing the entire first verse and through the first Gloria on one breath. Like we take a a deep breath before we start singing and then try to get all the way through it. But because you're in church, you can't be like, I did it, I did it, I did it in one breath. So we have to just like, you know, silently give the the thumbs up or like nod our head vigorously to... (laughs) To indicate that we did it successfully. That is a fun game. So like listeners, there's something fun you can do when you go to church and sing that song. On this one, the Glorias are taken over by the chickens. Yes. Well, that shot of the chicken flying, flying up. up. It's just like an angel, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. I just always loved that. Like as a yes. kid, that was like one of my favorite things in this. Yeah, it's like a visual representation of the notes 
of the song going up is yeah. this chicken ascending to the top of the, the banister of the staircase i also like while the chickens are singing this is the song that we get to go back to the fraggles on and this is the song that convinces the fraggles to come up and join They've already been singing for a little bit, mm -hmm. but they're just like, oh man, chicken singing Gloria. I gotta be part of this. <laughs> Let's go see, eh? Let's go see, eh? <laughs> right, right. So this is the one that catches the Fraggles' attention. They also, the Fraggles are constantly singing themselves. So this doesn't seem like it would be that exotic to them, but I guess they've never heard these particular songs before and they just want to know more about it. They don't know Latin. Well, that's true. Yeah, as far as we know, they don't know. <laughs> they don't know it. And Excelsior Stay. Try the language derived from, if not Latin. <laughs> you tell me that, Strand. Uh, the, <laughs> I don't know. The terrible one of, tunnel? One of those stone cutting uh, doozers used to know Latin. I, I believe that <laughs> Could that be, was. yeah. That might be true. The old ways still are true. Mm -hmm. And yes, yeah, so Red says, What's that? Wembley says, It's pretty. And Gobo says, Let's go see, eh? Mm. Because Gobo is Canadian. It makes me so happy, yeah. like that. Gobo gets to gets to drop. Let's go see a yes. in this movie in this special. Got just enough CanCon in there for you. It is CanCon. It is yeah. totally CanCon. I mean, Doc's Canadian. Yeah, too. Yeah, he doesn't talk about it though. What What does CanCon mean? Canadian content. There used ah. to be rules, uh, broadcasting rules that Canadian programs had to have a certain amount of right. Canadian specific content. This is called CanCon, and that's why the Bob and Doug McKenzie sketches on SCTV exist. They were like a oh, parody that's funny. of like, well, if, if, if we got to have CanCon, okay, <laughs> it's just like two guys calling everybody hosers, drinking beers, wearing toques. Huh. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's funny. I did not know yeah. that. Mm -hmm. uh, well, then the next thing we hear is delivered by another Jerry Nelson character because the next song in the carol sing is I Saw Three Ships. And of course, they give this the lead on this to The Count. This of is course. a traditional English carol which first appeared in print in 1833. The Count would later sing the same song in a segment from Elmo's Christmas Countdown with Ty Pennington. No, no, no. He, Ryan, he sang it with your buddy Ty Pennington because you went to a taping of Extreme Makeover Home Edition or whatever. I, I was in the crowd f f when Kermit was a special guest on Extreme Makeover Home Edition and yeah. they did the that's shot where they moved the bus. Yes, I was I was in the crowd. That's when you became best friends with Ty Pennington, the Count's duet partner. I did not song. see Ty Pennington. Was he on the whole, the show the whole time? I mean, I assume he was. I, I believe so, yeah. Yeah. No, mostly I was there just to see Kermit stick his head out of the window of that bus. And I did. So that then I was And satisfied. he yelled, move that bus. We, yes, I was there. We, we all yelled, move that bus. <laughs> if you go back and watch that episode, you can hear me. Yeah, yeah. Hear no. you specifically. You can't hear yeah, me. Yeah, very distinctive. Yeah. I think that now they're required to to yell out, pay those taxes. <laughs> I don't think that shows on anymore. Yeah, no. Oh, uh, yeah, because they needed to yell out, pay, pay those, those taxes. taxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyways, what else about I Saw Three Ships? It's perfect for the count. It's a number song. Yeah, well, that's why he did it again on Elmo's Christmas Countdown, where, like, I, I don't know. I didn't go back and watch this to double check, but if I remember right, the count keeps like increasing the number of ships that he saw come sailing in and Ty yes. Pennington yeah. has to keep and running so, back oh, and that, forth, bringing in more ships. That sketch is really, really cute yeah, it's good. Um, because it's all different kinds of ships and Ty is getting exhausted trying to find enough ships. Mm. 
Um, well, he's building them. I he's think, building is the, them. Is the idea. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, um, that makes sense. I'm impressed that, that they went with this for the count. I know that they, you know, they're trying to get a, a, a good mix. So it's nice to have this old Carol, but not to do, not to have him doing the 12 days of Christmas at all yeah. in this entire special. Hmm. It takes a lot of restraint because they could have, they could have just had or, him in the background but, singing it constantly. They could have like made it a joke because he was, uh, he could be popping up in a bunch of scenes, just adding a bunch of numbers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he does count snowflakes and stuff. Early yeah. And he counts true. snowflakes, but and, the, frogs. and it, He's still being true to himself, but they could have they could have used Twelve Days of Christmas, which right. everybody knows is a really long song about counting that drags on and on. Yeah, and too the count long. could have been there was a joke in there, and I kind of feel like somebody mentioned that whenever they were writing this, mm-hmm. and somebody right. said, "Nah, we're just gonna do three ships." It would have been like when the count keeps trying to sing that bats hanging in my belfry song on the Bert and Ernie sing along record, and oh, they sure, keep yeah, like. Yeah interrupting him and pushing him into the shower and stuff to make him stop singing that song but yeah. i can i can picture him like popping up in scenes of this and be like 134 bats are flying yeah, yeah that would have been fun candles glittering or something like yeah. that and like just going on and on and on and it being another running gag yeah sure yeah. It, it, it it does speak to like the restraint we were talking about that they're not doing the obvious songs you know? yeah yeah. yeah, I am not a writer, and that's what I think of. So right. it's probably best that they didn't well, do that. Well, I think I think in a very like it's easy to imagine like a newer version of this. Yes, if it was like a it, like like that's a no disrespect to either of those guys who are both very talented, but that's like a very Joey Mazzarino-y or Kirk Thatchery joke more so than a Jerry Jewell joke. I feel. Well, I'm trying to think. Like I know that they did Twelve Days of Christmas on one of the Sesame Street records in the '70s. Did the count appear mm-hmm. on that? track i don't think he does yeah hardhead henry harris they does. just but that's true hardhead hardhead henry harris got four baby frogs is that four baby frogs yeah what kind of jive present is that <laughs> <laughs> so this really has never happened the count has not done 365 days of christmas as a joke i don't think so yeah maybe they just figure like if the count starts singing the song they're gonna like he's gonna have to sing the entire song by himself and yeah, and yeah. you can't do that in this. Carol's yeah. No, no. But so that's interesting. Anyway, yeah. I saw three ships from the 17th century instead. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a great idea. This is when those songs, uh, a lot of these songs are like, people know the first two verses and that's it. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. No, I, nobody knows this whole song. This one, I think it's like the first two lines, right? It's I saw three ships come sailing in on Christmas Day. And what was in those ships, all three. Yeah, well, then the, that's, that's it. That's the yeah. first two verses. Oh, all I the verses, so, yeah. All I... the verses follow that. Yeah. But then all the verses after that talk about Jesus Christ sailing into Bethlehem. Is that right? Yeah, which is weird because it's completely a landlocked city. Yeah. Um, it's, which, it's a metaphor. Yeah. I do enjoy the Count, like, leading the ex- enthusiastic crowd in this song. Though. Yeah. You know, like, the Count will get the, like, what was in the ships, all three, and then the whole crowd is, on Christmas Day, on Christmas Day. <laughs> yeah, he's having a great time. The other thing was, Muppet Wiki says that this song is performed in the closing medley of the bizarre TV special, a special Sesame Street Christmas, but I have no memory of it being there, so. I don't know. Does Ethel Merman sing it, I hope? Um, Is Ethel Merman in that that? Closing medley? Leslie Uggams is, no, for sure. Probably not. Probably not, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. 
this song is perfect for the count though because it's super redundant oh yeah. if you keep going into the lyrics it's just various populations either singing or ringing <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you you either got a soul singing or an angel ringing or you know something else ringing or singing in the exact same four lines yeah so yeah. They, it, they were they were right to cut it off True. And what was in those ships, all three, it doesn't matter anyway. It's just <laughs> the same old thing over and over again. Yeah. yeah. But the Count loves redundant stuff. So yeah, he, I like yeah. to think that he's just like, oh, I wanted to keep singing and ringing. Nope. Mm. Got to get to the next song. Speaking of which. Which is, yeah, started by Gonzo, and it's Good King Wenceslas. The melody of this one dates back to a 13th century carol called Tempest Adest Floridum or Easter Time Has Come, with lyrics written by John Mason Neal in collaboration with Thomas Helmore in 1853. So once again, hundreds of years in between the melody being written and the, the lyrics being added. So let me get this right. Are you saying that the words are by two English guys and the music is Scandinavian? The melody dates back to a 13th century, I don't know, Tempest, Tempest Adust Floridum? No. <laughs> It's from Phineas and Ferb. Phineas and Ferb. It's just from Phineas and Ferb, Ryan. They, there's a joke in the Phineas and Ferb Christmas episode yeah. about Buford says that the words are by an English guy, the music Scandinavian. Yeah. So oh. finding out that the words are by two, two English, English guys. guys. <sighs> but it messes up the flow because Belgi is is yelling at Buford for changing the words. And he's like, you're ignoring the historical context. And Buford is just like, he I sings, know all about that. I guy. know all about that song. And then he turns all the lyrics into being about the song in a really fun meta twist. Yeah, it's great. What a great show. Let's do a podcast about that next. Phineas and Ferb. Yeah. Welcome to 104 Days of Summer Vacation, a Phineas and Ferb oh, podcast. <laughs> yeah, let's do Good it. Good job. Let's do it. That was great. We okay. Yeah. Called it. We called it. We actually should. Yeah, so this song, of course, is, uh, well, we heard Fozzie and the Swedish Chef singing it earlier in this very special. It's, it's the second, it's the only song that's performed twice. That's true, yes. Yeah. And then, of course, this is what Bean Bunny sings when he attempts to go Christmas caroling at Ebenezer Scrooge's house in The Muppet Christmas Carol. And there's a lot, like a full instrumental version on that soundtrack by the Muppet Busker Band. Is that on the soundtrack album? It is. Oh, I don't remember that. And it makes perfect sense for that because the song is about taking pity on the poor. Mm -hmm. Right. And even though it's about Good King Winslessless, it's, it's like, here's a very rich white dude who actually gives money to the poor and you should do it too. Like, like almost the last line of the actual Carol is now everybody should do this. Yeah. Mm. So it makes sense for Scrooge, but it's a really pretty song too. Mm -hmm. So I like that Gonzo is singing it. I don't know most of the words of it, but I, I like it. (laughs) Again, nobody knows most of the Carol. Yeah. yeah, I know the first verse. Yeah, most people know the first verse. It seems like Wenceslas is going to give money to this guy, but instead it's actually about Wenceslas walking to churches through the snow to give alms to many, many churches, which is rumored he actually did this um, as a duke. Mm-hmm. A real person. And he would walk through the this snow, this bohemian duke, and give alms to all the area churches rather than taking a horse or cart. He walked there as tribute to 
what Christ suffered. So that's actually what it's about. I don't know if Gonzo knows that, but (laughs) (laughs) you obviously know a lot about Christmas carols. So I'm really glad that we had you on for this whole sequence. Almost as if it was planned. Sharing your knowledge (laughs) with us. But my question is, what is Gonzo wearing? Is this like a smoking jacket? It it looks like it would be very fashionable in the 70s, which I guess is in character for Gonzo. But yeah, it's pretty cute. I like I like how it I I love it's kind of shiny, like at least the shirt underneath the jacket is very shiny and it has a tie. Yeah, I don't know if it's actually a smoking jacket. Might be a dinner jacket. I have have no idea what the difference is. (laughs) Yeah. I, I know that you know the difference between a polo and a t-shirt. I do. Yep. That's, That's about it. it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. So Love the, you. <laughs> the camera then pans across the whole room and we see everyone singing except Oscar, who is not singing. He's just looking disgusted, which is fantastic. Also, I noticed that we have like a really clear view of one of the Muppaphones. And we can see the entire arm sock. And it's like, huh. it's really weird. Wow. Like, so it's it's the Muppaphone head, like it's pink or orange maybe. And then it, it looks just like it has a long black snake body, which is just a hmm. little bit unsettling because we usually think of them as being disembodied heads. Right. So that was weird. I did not catch that at all. Yeah, but I think that's one of those things where there's just so many puppets in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. So much to look at. It's one of those uh, forests for the trees right. situations. Exactly, yeah. Where, like you can take in all the details. Or you can take in the hole. Um, but what a cool catch. Yeah. And so then Janice and Floyd start singing The Holly and the Ivy. Wikipedia says this about this song. The song can be traced only as far as the early 19th century, but the lyrics reflect an association between Holly and Christmas, dating at least as far as medieval times. The version, which is now popular, was collected in 1909 by the English folk song collector Cecil Sharp from a woman named Mary Clayton. So that's mm-hmm. the information I have on that song. Any yeah. other any other notes on the Holly and the Ivy? You love well, this song. I, this is my favorite song in their medley. I love this song. I don't think that it gets sung enough. And I think that it's because it's just one big stretch of a simile. Mm. Yeah. Um, but it, the song, the song is really pretty it's such a pretty song it is and hearing janice and floyd sing it makes it even prettier because it's that juxtaposition between her sweet little lyrical richard voice mm-hmm. and floyd being his gravelly old man voice <laughs> and also not only is you know are their voices always so lovely together because they contrast but also their clothes their clothes on this contrast amazingly. Like she's in Ugh. shiny satin lined velvet 80s dress and he's wearing a flannel shirt that he must have gotten from Pearl Jam or something. <laughs> They're really cute and they sing it so lovely. Yeah, the costumes in this whole special are really just the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then Doc joins in, which I really like. Yeah. Enthusiastically, Doc. Because, like, Doc sings this like he remembers singing it in church as a little kid. Yeah. Or something. You know, he just has, like, such gusto. Like, I got this one. Of all the trees that are in the wood, the holly bears the crow. <laughs> yeah. Just that big bass voice. Yeah, yeah. You know, 14 octaves lower than what I just did. Yeah. Yeah. Or well, yeah, something, yeah. something close to that. Yeah. And not a perfect singing voice, but you can't fault him. You know, he's, he's given it all he's got. 
in a carol sing, no one needs to be perfect. You just need to have a lot of love. Right. This song, though, is really funny because it's very Christmassy. Again, that association between Holly and having a Christmas feel to it. But it's it's just a long string of similes between how Mary is like the Holly and the Ivy. The Virgin Mary? The Virgin Mary. How the flowers are born from this tree Well, Mary bore a son. How mm. the Holly has a sharp thorn and how Christ bore sharp thorns at Easter. So it's that's all it is. But then huh. you keep coming back to the chorus, which is what people actually know. The rising of the sun and the running of the deer. That's the chorus. So that's what everybody knows. And everybody forgot the actual religious pieces huh. in it. So that it just becomes this happy, pretty Christmas tune. About Holly and Ivy. About Holly yeah. and Ivy. So anybody who listens to this is probably just like, oh, I could sing that any given day of the year. And yeah. it's just, again, people just don't know the verses anymore. Yeah, that's very interesting. So they sort of, sort of a stealthy religious carol in this case. Yeah, I think that's why I thought of all of these as religious because I've you've sung, yeah, I've you've sung, sung them entire. I've sung the entire like all the verses and everything. Yeah, I grew up in a in a church that if there were eight verses, you sang eight verses, <laughs> and if there were ten or twelve verses, you still sang them. And it's not always good. I'm not advocating <laughs> for this. But it did give me a lot of background on the songs that you sing. Because whenever the verses get taken out, then the meaning gets taken out. Yeah. But if you're trying to shove all of these into a seven-minute carol, yeah, you can't go through all eight versions of the Holly and the Ivy plus every chorus in between. That's not happening. Right. Yeah, nor would anyone Let's want to. Let's just enjoy Doc belting it out low. Yes, <laughs> and as that. Doc is doing that, this is when... Red, Moki, Gobo, Boober, and Wembley peek out from behind this piece of furniture behind Doc. They seem delighted to witness the sing-along that's happening. Such a cool thing that they have come out right behind Doc and Sprocket. So it's like the whole Fraggle Rock gang together in one shot. Because also, who else is there? Uncle Traveling Matt. He's just just like uh, sitting there in the middle of everything. Yeah. Mm Made it. Yeah, so Traveling Matt seems to notice the other Fraggles. Like, he kind of looks up. Like, he's, I think he sees them. But it's not clear whether Doc sees the other Fraggles. Or, like, I, I'm not sure if Doc even notices Matt. Yeah, I'm not sure that Sprocket sees him. Yeah, right. they're just so Doc caught up in the song. Like, like, gently petting his head a little bit. Oh, I love that, yeah. Doc leans forward and, like, scritches, what's his name? Sprockets Sprocket. on, on the head, yeah. He scritches Sprocket. That's a good word, Ryan. Scritches. Scritches, yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, oh, look at all these all these Fraggle Rock characters together. Yeah. And you know, even if Doc did see them, he might just assume that they're more of Kermit's weird friends. So this might have been fine. Like, Yeah, but they did lie earlier. They weren't all there. The Fraggles joined halfway through the medley. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, yeah. So yeah, I guess has Traveling Matt just been out continuing to explore outer space and he just happened to stumble upon Emily Bear's house while this party was happening and just kind of invited himself in? I guess so. He might have been on the sled. He might have been. He was in those pieces of luggage. Yeah, Yeah. I hope so. Either that or he walked in with Jerome, guys. (laughs) 
That's what happened. He was hitchhiking and Jerome picked him up. The other day, <laughs> I saw a very long metal beast with a silly creature inside. <laughs> I don't know. I don't oh, know, it. man. That's it. Investigating, we found a strange path marked by millions of little depressions in this white fluffy, <laughs> white fluffy ice-like substance, which led to <laughs> a bear's right. house. Those were the bears, but not snow. But not snow. Yes, that's what yeah. just happened. Accepted. That yeah. sounds par for the course for drama. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Then Fozzie puts his hand on his mom's hand and meaningfully looks at her and sings, "I'll be home for." And that is the end of this clip. So we'll have to wait until tomorrow to find out what Fozzie Thanks, will be home baby. for. You'll be home forever because he's moving in. <laughs> I'll be home for the weekend. I'll be home for a few months. I'll be home. This part reminds me of you and your mom. Yeah. Well, I said earl- I said earlier that Fozzie and his mom remind me of me. You did, yeah. yes. But you, Fozzie tenderly touching his mom's arm and like... <laughs> Granting her her favorite wish, at least for your mom. I'll be home. home And she'll she'll be like, no, don't say anything else. You'll be home. That's all I want. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. uh, It's true. It is. It is. It is. She's so happy whenever whenever you're home. It's true. It's all true. Well, we should wrap things up for today. But any final thoughts on the two minutes that we have just watched before we go? No, I have said them all. Everybody, I encourage you to go out and sing all the verses of ancient carols <laughs> at least once in your life. Yes, look them all up. Discover what they mean. Yes, and then sing them with gusto out on your porch or back patio for everyone to hear. It's a good experience for everybody, and it's just fun. It's just fun to sing 12 of a really old carol what could be more fun fun for me i don't know let me know if that is also something you find fun so with that we will wrap up for today please join us again tomorrow for another episode and more carols on moving right along bye Dong merrily on high. In heaven the bells are ringing. I forgot how it goes. It was funny.